want to keep more, earn more and make more money, you're in the right place. I've spent over 10 years learning from the most brilliant minds in money, wealth and investing to take myself from 20k in debt to a seven-figure investment portfolio. Join in as I share the secrets towards more growth, money, investing and ultimately freedom. My name is Simone Mercer-Huggins and welcome to Ms. Wealthy's Kiss My Money podcast. You know, there are a couple of just unicorn people, let's call them unicorns, (laughs) that just are honestly, they just seem to sparkle and drop magic fairy dust wherever they go. Like everything they touch turns to Midas gold, right? And one of those people is Warren Buffett. And he's one of my most favorite people. I mean, I've never met him personally, but he is one of the most grounded, down-to-earth, just simple, uh, also intelligent, but very humble people in the world that uh, have honestly just have so many lessons for investing in wealth, personal finance, life. And he has the most incredible quotes. If you ever watched any of his interviews, just the way he talks about things in such an eloquent and articulate way, but also encourages people to honestly come back to basics and come back to the simplicity of, of things. And I want to share some of his biggest lessons that I have found in my life have made me a better person. They, he's made me a better investor. He's made me better at money. Um, and I want to share them with you because he has a lot to teach. Not only is he worth over, I think it's now over $86 billion and built everything from the ground up himself. He has his own investment firm. Um, you know, he's, he's well into his seventies, I think. Um, and he just has really sage and really solid advice. And so I'm going to share with you some of his quotes. He has so many, honestly, like hundreds and hundreds and so many people quote him. Uh, But often people don't actually know what he means with some of his better known quotes. And I want to give you an example and show you what he actually means. I've dived a lot into how he works, how he thinks. I've watched so many interviews. I've read books about him. Um, like I said, just because he has such incredible advice just to teach anyone. Um, and this doesn't necessarily apply to investing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refer to investing a lot and money a lot, but think about it in your own life too. Um, so one of one of his the favorite quotes that he has, and this is probably one of his primary ones, is he has two rules, two rules for life, two rules for investing, two rules for like money, right? Uh, and the first one is to never lose money. That's his first rule. This, no, rule number two is never forget rule one. <laughs> and re, a lot of people really confuse this and they don't kind of understand, particularly when it comes um, to investing. People think that he, does that mean that you should keep all your money in savings accounts? Does that mean, like, what does that even mean? Um, but actually when you read into a lot of his stuff, he does not believe in saving. He thinks that saving is not a good idea, obviously, aside from things like an emergency fund, but he is very clear about his position on 
cash losing value when it sits in a savings account over time because of inflation, uh, which I've spoken about before a lot on this podcast. Um, but when he says never lose money, uh, what he's actually referring to is timing the market and selling when there is a correction. And this is this is the biggest reason, this is the number one reason of why people are not successful as uh, private investors uh, or even as financial planners and people and you know investment firms and funds that try and predict the market. Uh, this is the number one reason that people lose money. And it is selling when there's a correction or selling when there's a market downturn because of the fear factor, because of worrying that they've lost some money. But here's the thing. There is a difference between realized and unrealized gains. And I spoke about this in quite a lot of depth recently um, with my investing bootcamp members in the the most recent, um, like, live call that we were all on together. And I spoke about this in terms of like, just because the value of something that you hold, and this could be house, this could be stocks, this could be anything, um, goes up in value. It doesn't mean that you've actually banked that money. You don't bank it until you sell it. And so people get like really freaked out of like, oh my God, I've lost money because the markets had a, you know, temporary downturn you haven't lost anything, the market has gone down or the value has gone down, but there hasn't actually been any physical loss until you sell. Does that make sense? So if you're, if you buy a house, right, and that goes down in value, like if the bank comes out and they do a valuation and that house has lost money, you haven't lost money because you're not selling at that moment. If you choose to sell and you do sell at a loss, then yes, you did lose money in that transaction. But what happens is people get freaked out because they think that just because there's a correction that because they've lost money and they're fearful of any further downturn that they sell and then they make a loss and then of course the market rebounds as it always does and then all of a sudden they've banked a loss and they have to get back in when the market's already gone up and this is what he means when he talks about never losing money and obviously there are also other things about the ways that you can invest with preservation of capital so maintaining your capital maintaining the amount that you invest um, but also having it grow and, and properly not grow not not like savings account return or term deposit or cd deposit um Uh, returns, which are so ridiculously low, particularly right now with the current interest rates, but um, actual other things that are less volatile, but still go up in value, right? So that's what he is referring to when he says never lose money. That's what he means about not predicting and trying to time the market. Um, Okay. Number two, what he talks about is he has this quote and I love it is we simply attempt to be fearful when others are greedy and to be greedy only when others are fearful. And this again refers to timing the market. And I don't know if I've explained it properly. I know I've mentioned it previously, but timing the market is speculation, trying to guess what's going to happen. 
trying to guess and be like, I think the market's going to go up or I think the market's going to, you know, go down next month. So I'm going to wait for when it goes down and then I'm going to buy. And this just never works. Like I said, it's just on the flip side of the number one reason people lose money or the number one reason people uh, don't make money trying to do it on their own or trying to like guess what is going to happen with the market is they don't know because no one knows. And a really good sense check for you, if you are someone who tries to stock pick uh, or tries to speculate or tries to guess what is going to happen when when the market goes down or up, (laughs) is to look at any portfolio that you have if if you are doing this over the last year and then even the year before that. So obviously don't try and don't look at your returns for just one year because that doesn't work does it because we need to look at it over like at least a five-year period to get an average so look at what happened has happened for you over the last ideally five years or at least whatever you have and to give you an example the market in general the stock market in general went up uh just over 30% in the US last year in 2019. And I think it was just over 23% in Australia in 2019. Uh, So obviously they're way bigger averages, right? I've spoken before about on average, the return (laughs) over or, you know, the entire time that the stock market has been around is about 10% on average. Obviously that's well over double three times in the US, Uh, And we don't have those years every single year, Uh, but it's to sense check. If you do invest yourself and you try and speculate and try and stock pick, how are you performing against the market? Um, Okay, number three, price is what you pay, value is what you get. This is so good and this is a life lesson and... This is something that I have definitely come to terms with with my with in my own kind of value sensing and really understanding what is valuable to you. And this is really important when it comes to your personal values. So not like monetary values, but actual like what is valuable to you? Is it joy? Is it gratitude? Is it time? This isn't even comes to play when we think about the love languages, if you've ever read that book about like how you value and receive love, right? And some people value others, other some things over something else, right? Like there might be a really high value on travel and holidays, whereas other people just have no desire for that. There might be a really high value on certain clothes or, you know, a certain look. For example, I don't really, like, I actually don't like getting my hair done. I find it tedious. It's not relaxing. Um, I also don't really have a great hairdresser that I've ever found that I love. Um, but on the flip side, I love getting pedicures. Um, I really value business class flights or like first class flying I don't particularly like economy or coach and particularly when it's long haul which a lot of uh international flights from Australia are because we are so far removed and we're a little island um but I really value that and I remember telling my girlfriend that I had just recently booked uh business class flights to Bali uh for a trip I'm going to for the manifestation babe retreat in April. And she was, she like looked at me dumbfounded. 
was like, what are you, like, why? What a waste of money, she said. <laughs> and I just smiled and I was like, okay, cool. Uh, but she doesn't value it. And then she said, well, if you're going to do that, like at least make sure that you, you drink, meaning drink the alcohol. <laughs> uh, but it's not about that for me. So for me, it's about the process of check-in. It's about sitting in the lounge beforehand. It's about the space. It's about lying down. Um, it's about one of them being an overnight flight. And I value my sleep. I've spoken about this before. I value my sleep like nothing else on earth because it's just so important to me. I don't function well with sleep deprivation. No one does. Um, and for me, it is the basis of my energy and how I can show up for the world and how I like literally how I operate. And so if I land and I don't sleep overnight, which I don't, I don't sleep on flights, basically. Um, I can do if I'm lying down. Uh, then that ruins my entire next day, right? And it's just, for me, there's just, there's an intrinsic value of just feeling like I'm, I'm taken care of on a flight. And for me, that is business. That's not worth it for a lot of people, particularly for, it's only a seven hour flight. It's not that long. It's not like it's a 15 hour, like it is when you, when I fly to the U S for example, but like, think about what is actually valuable. Whereas on the flip side, that same girlfriend uh, pays way more in in rent, in home living expenses than I do. Um, she pays way more for a hair, like it's like two or three hundred dollars a month on hair, and I don't even think that I spend that in a year. Like I'm not even kidding. And like my hair is perfectly fine; it's nice. I just I don't I don't get it dyed. I don't like, and I would just I don't see the value in it. I just. I've never seen the value in spending like, you know, a thousand dollars every couple of months on hair. So this is really important when it comes to understanding what you value in life, right? Uh, to give you another example, that same girlfriend um, doesn't see value in um, Lululemon yoga wear, whereas to me, I want to buy the best yoga wear, even though I wear it to, like I wear it to Pilates and yoga. And I actually live in it day to day as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, being at home most of the time in my home office. Um, I am most of the time in my Lululemon, whereas my girlfriend just doesn't see the value. She doesn't get it. She just does not understand how anyone could possibly spend $150 on a pair of like tights, yoga pants, um, and she prefers to buy her pants from Kmart or Target. Like, there's no wrong answer. There is literally no wrong answer. And if you value, um, you know, like more expensive things or whatever it is over others, that's not bad. That's not good. That's just being clear about what you value. And, and understanding that the price is not the value. Does that make, like, is do you get that? That whatever price you pay, it's not the value. Um, it's the reason you go to restaurants and you see more expensive restaurants, right? Is the value higher or maybe they have a better service? Can you really put it like, can you put a price on that? No, most of the time not. Sometimes you pay a higher price because the value is convenience. Sometimes you pay a higher price because it's like a better knowledge or you feel safer or like, so many things, right? Like think about the value we pay for now with the convenience of Ubers and Uber Eats, right? There's a value in not 
getting out of your sweats and leaving the couch and having food delivered to you. <laughs> um, and I used to get a, like a massive hookup on this when I, and I've come a long way from uh, myself, like kind of like selling myself as an, a business owner and entrepreneur and selling my products, particularly selling investing bootcamp. And I used to get real hookups about it. And this is my own money block. And I have, I have money blocks, right? Everyone does. Um, and limiting money beliefs that hold us all back. Like, and I've just been, it's just been a process of me working through mine. But when I was first kind of coming to the stages of selling investing bootcamp, and I had my first person that said to me, that's too expensive. And I just like it all, it took me back, of course, the first time. And it was a process of me working through it and going, you know what? No, the fuck it's not. Because like when I look at the comparison and, and, you know, it's not always necessarily about comparison, but it's also about the time. It's not about you spending six or seven or eight hours with me on calls or the, you know, information or the knowledge that you get inside the program. It's not about the private group. It's not about um, the actual time. It's about that I have decades of trading knowledge and international finance knowledge. It's also about me encouraging and empowering you to step into yourself and making your own decisions and learning to think for yourself. It's about that overhanding your power over and over spending thousands of dollars every year to a financial advisor where you never learn yourself. And when I started to really step into that and truly understand what the price is of financial ignorance and lack of financial literacy, I was like, it's actually worth tens of thousands of dollars. It's just that whoever thinks that it's too expensive, quote unquote, obviously doesn't understand or maybe just doesn't value financial literacy, doesn't value financial education, or maybe they just don't value financial freedom. And that might seem crazy because pretty much every single person listening right now values financial freedom to some degree, right? Otherwise, why are you listening to me talk about Warren Buffett? Why are you listening to talking about wealth and money, right? And so when you think about that and you might be going, how could you not? And sometimes that I find it bit hard to wrap my head around how could someone not value freedom and time freedom but it's just that maybe they've never thought about it maybe they're just not at that level and so this was a really good learning price is what you pay value is what you get this was a really good learning for me and myself and then you know think about this in your own life too if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur and you sell products or services think about the actual value that you provide if you're a career woman Think about your time. Think about your experience. Think about the energy that you put in and think about the results that you get for like whoever it is, your clients, your team, like whatever. Like it's not about your salary. Your salary versus the price versus value is very different thing. That was a big rant, <laughs> um, but it's really important to like create that distinction Um uh, and this is somewhere that, you know, I know that it, it, so many people get caught up on this, the price versus value thing, particularly on salary negotiations, particularly on selling yourself um, and all that sort of stuff. Okay, number four, 
Um, this one's a really sweet one. It's someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. And this is like obvious. And I know that it sounds like it's one of those like, oh, but it is about comp- patience, right? It is about learning the, and understanding compounding. And it is about kind of going, do it now, do it 20 years ago. Like, un- you know, think about where you're going to be 20 years ago. And like plant that seed now, like do it now so that you can sit in the shade. And the analogy is planting the seed and growing your fund, planting the seed and having shade means like starting to invest now and having the freedom to like literally do what you want um, so that you don't have to worry about it later. Okay. Number five. Oh, this is so good. So good. This one success in investing does not correlate with IQ. What you need to is the temperament to control the urges that get other people into trouble in investing. So good, this one. And I really hope that this is starting to break down some of those barriers in believing that investing is only for intelligent people. So IQ is um, like your intellect like quotient right like so how intelligent you are on like this scale and you can do iq tests and all that kind of crap but it does not correlate like you as an investor has and being successful as an investor does not correlate you don't need to be intelligent and warren buffett talks about temperament and controlling the urges that gets most people into trouble and he has another quote later on i'm going to tell you about but this is so so freaking key, you guys. How much do I talk about psychology? Like so much, right? And the biggest reason, and I spoke about this is the number one thing why people um, lose money in the stock market. It's not their actual action. It's not their intelligence. It's their temperament. It's their urge. It's their fear. And all of that is psychology. All of that is not controlling emotions around investing. And that's all mindset. It's all psychology. And I talk a lot of, like I, I talk, a, a, in fact, I probably need to talk more about this in Investing Bootcamp, but a bit, like I talk about uh, in week three, we're coming up to week three in Investing Bootcamp right now, um, is the four areas of winning the investing game. And I talk about this one being psychology, second being time, third being risk, and fourth being return. And understanding those four in terms of winning the investing game. And psychology is such a big part. And understand, like, so many people say to me, uh, I just don't know how to do it. Like I'm not smart enough to invest. And it breaks my heart hearing that because as Warren B says, it's not about your intelligence. Like it's not about you. You can, you can get the knowledge. Like, I mean, you can come to me for the knowledge or you can go to someone else for the knowledge, but like, it's not about being intelligent. It's about having the knowledge, knowing what to do, having the people around you, controlling your emotions around it, understanding and and honestly, like understanding it enough so that your emotions don't overcome the knowledge of how things work, right? Uh, number six, predicting rain doesn't count 
building the ark does. Such a sweet quote. And he's referring to building Noah's ark. So it's not about like, there are so many speculators when it comes to investing, um, not just the news cycle of the crash is coming, the, you know, we're going to have like whatever year. Um, but the news loves to say how much of a crash is coming. <laughs> um, and they said, they've been saying it year on year for the last five or six years now. And over the last five or six years, the market's gone up. Like, I think it's close to 70%. Like I said, the US had a 30% year in 2019. It was about 23 or so percent in Australia. And so uh, there are so many speculators. And by speculators, I mean, they think that they know what's going to be profitable. They think they know what isn't going to work and they try and stock pick. Um, And how many times have you heard someone go, oh, I got a great stock pick? Or like the number of times people have said to me, can you just tell me what stock to buy? Like thinking, hold on a minute. Like, like what? And everyone wants that like number one gold prediction, but it's not about predicting. That doesn't count. It's building the arc. And what Warren Buffett is referring to here is literally just building the foundations of wealth building and understanding and getting the knowledge and building the ark that supports you when the rain does come or when the storm does come or like not just sitting there predicting and thinking you know what's going to happen uh okay number seven the best chance to deploy capital is when things are going down and this is kind of similar to his you know be um greedy when others are fearful is And this is really important and this is why I urge everyone to, even if you feel like you're not ready to start investing like right now, um, is to start to get the knowledge of investing so that even when there is a correction that you can get in and you're ready for when the market does go down, right? So for those who are already investing or investors and that, that you you will probably know how to properly equip yourself for any correction. But uh, if you currently aren't, what is amazing is when you start learning, you can deploy your capital, meaning put like start investing, put your cash into investments when the market does. Like, does that make sense? Because that is like, it's like the sale of a century. Um, okay, number eight. So good. So good, this one. Risk comes from not knowing what you're doing. Uh, if I could like put this on a billboard, <laughs> I would. And this is what goes through my this is what through goes through my brain when uh, people make comments about um, investing being risky. And it's only because it's not understood. It's literally it. If you don't like once you understand it, then all of a sudden you you realize it's not risky. All of a sudden you realize that, oh, crap, all of that fear and um, bullshit associations I made with gambling aren't actually true. Um, Risk really does come from not knowing what you're doing. Now, is there an element to risk in everything that we do? 100%. Like you can walk out the road and get hit by a bus. You can like, you can trip and fall and, you know, like, there, there is risk in everything, but we don't live in a bubble and you can't like wrap a marshmallow around you every time you go out, right? There is risk, of course. And so of course there's risk in investing. Um, 
but most of it comes from not knowing what you're doing. So just educate yourself. Like the biggest cost to anyone is not investing. It's actually financial ignorance and a lack of financial literacy. Okay, number nine, the most important investment you can make is in yourself. Yeah, so true. Um, and, you know, I talk about assets a lot and assets are, are what? It's what grows in value and pays money. And you, yourself, when you invest in yourself and when you, you know, whatever it is, whether it's personal development or whether it's like programs or like whatever grows you in value increases your value. And it also pays, meaning as you increase your value, you earn more. Like there's also that saying of the more you learn, the more you earn. And that is true to an extent, as long as you're learning knowledge and not just consuming, you know, information and you're actually taking action on it. But you are your most important investment. And it's so important to understand and know that when it comes to investing in yourself. And I've spoken a lot about the personal development that I've done in in my life as well. And a big part of why I am where I am is because I've taken that path, right? Uh, And that's it. That's it. Nine lessons. I was going to round it up to 10, but a lot of what he does teach are, you know, some of them are kind of repeats, so to speak. Um, okay. what do you think? Did you like it? Uh, do you love Warren B as much as I do? <laughs> um, he, his quotes are just, I just love it to apply to life and finance and money and everything like that. Um, and, and yeah, I wanted to also clear up some of the things he says, cause often it's, it's misinterpreted. Um, all right, babes, thank you so much for tuning in. I am actually, I am there's one last announcement. This is the first time I'm starting to do it, but what I love is hearing from all of you on the podcast. And so much has come in from the last podcast as well, from the last episode on the daily routines I use to rewire my my subconscious for abundance and like financial prosperity. If you haven't listened to that yet, tap into it because it is a bumper episode. So many of you have written in, emailed me, DM'd me, like all the things. Um, I've honestly been blown away. Thank you so much. I love hearing from my podcast listeners. And side note, yes, the subliminal audio is being created because there have been so many of you that, that have asked for it. But what I'm also doing is announcing prize winners for um, podcast reviews. So what I would love for you to do is spread the message and to do that is, and to help me and to help me get more exposure on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to it is to write a review, um, on the podcast so that I can share it. And so all you need to do to be into the monthly prize is to write a review and then send me a screenshot of it. Um, however you like, you can send it to hello at miswealthy.com, send it on, you know, Facebook, send it on Instagram, whatever you like. And then I'll pop you into the prize for, to be the winner for that month for the podcast review. All right, babes. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week.